Hello everyone, T-Bane here and welcome to another episode of the Revival Church Podcast. Um, it is much to my chagrin and embarrassment that it has been a full month since we've been together. So sorry about the delay. Um, life gets crazy sometimes, you know how it is. Um, but uh, we are back and it is awesome to be uh, back behind the mic bringing some uh, encouragement to you guys. So uh, if you're if you're listening today, um, we appreciate it. We're uh, we're glad to have you back. So thanks for being here. Um, so we'll just get right into it. Um, today is, we're gonna post another sermon. Um, this is actually more of a Bible study, but um, it's Brother Whitley, and uh, he's talking about praying for your prayers. Um, and I don't want to belabor his point too much. He he obviously does it very well. Um, but this is one that I've been thinking about personally for me a lot, um, and so maybe it'll apply to you as well. Um, but basically, um, it's just about taking the act of prayer more seriously. Um, so he goes into it a lot, but basically it's the, uh, the idea that, that just because you pray doesn't mean that God is um, obligated to, to listen to you in any sort of way. Um, so praying for your prayers is the act of uh, trying to check yourself and make sure that you are coming from a place that uh, takes into account the way that God thinks about you and the way that you ask him for things. If that makes sense, it may not. <laughs> um, but anyway, you'll get it. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't want to uh, take too much of your time here. Um, but if you if you like this podcast, if you like the things that you hear here, um, just go ahead and give us a uh, five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Just uh, go ahead and like and subscribe and all of those good things. Make sure you're getting the, uh, the notifications for when we have new shows. Um, also, you can reach us on uh, Facebook at the Revival Church Podcast or through our email at revivalchurchpodcast at gmail.com. So anyway, without any further ado, here is Pastor Whitley with Praying for My Prayer. Somebody came up to me last week and said, I want to study prayer. I want to study prayer. We've done Bible studies on prayer, and I don't know. I'm, I'm officially not making this a series. But that's not to say that I won't talk about prayer again next week. Okay, but it's not a series. It'll be entirely different, and we're, we may, before it's all said and done, cover much of the same ground that we've covered in years past as we studied prayer, but uh, as I started thinking about the subject, now again, the offer is still out there. If you have a subject that you really want to know about, not just something sensational, everybody wants to hear Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, and we've done that, we'll do it again, but I, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it because I don't know what I'm talking about. I know as much as anybody else, and still don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, it, it, outside of that, and we will get to that at some point, if you have an interest, Brother well, Elliot, it is so good to see you, my friend. Praise God. And I, for, for a while I got very, very concerned. and Still concerned, but things are looking up. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about praying for my prayers. And I got to thinking, what did the people in the Bible pray about? I know the Lord's Prayer. We've, we've discussed the Lord's Prayer. We'll probably do it again before it's said and done. Uh, I know that, but of, of all, I got to looking at all the things that people prayed about, and really the book of Psalms is a book of prayers, 
to a large degree. Um, and what I found out is I just went through reading the Psalms and just randomly flipping through the Psalms. And there's one, one theme that I heard and read in uh, Psalm after Psalm after Psalm, verse after verse after verse. It seemed to be the most common theme in all the prayers. And that was prayer for their prayers. And let me explain that. We'll look at Psalm 5, verse 1. Give ear to my words. O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken to the voice of my... Well, your psalm is half over now. Your prayer is half over, and all you've done is prayed for your prayer. Pray. I'm praying that you'll hear my prayer. I'm praying that you'll hearken to my voice. Now, what we'll do a lot of times, we'll read this, particularly in the Psalms, and it all sounds, we, those are kind of throwaway words. Oh, hear my cry, oh Lord, and then we, get, we want to get on into what he's really saying. That is what he's really saying. See, they didn't seem to possess the certainty that we possess. They didn't seem to possess the sense of entitlement that we have, that we can... We can string him along and we can pay attention to him when we want to and we can live how we want to. But when we decide that we want him, he's as close as the mention of his name. He's Johnny on the spot. And he'll always hear and do what I ask him to do. I mean, have you ever heard that? Well, these people didn't seem to have that certainty because I flipped. And believe me, I just I started there in the beginning of the Psalms and kind of just flipped through and and read all of these prayers for their prayers, and it seemed to be the most common prayer in Scripture was praying for their prayers. When's the last time you prayed for your prayers? You know, when's the last time you said, oh, God, I really need you to hear me. I really need you to hear me. Are you sure you're listening? What am I doing wrong here? Uh, we just read Psalm 5. Uh, five verses one to three. Uh, we started that. Give ear to my words. Consider my meditation. Hearken to the voice of my cry. My King, my God, unto Thee will I pray. My voice shalt Thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto Thee. And look up. You know, in the morning, Lord, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray. And I want you to listen. I'm having a prayer meeting, praying for my prayers. I'm not praying for my kids. I'm not praying for my church. I'm not praying for my preacher. I'm not praying for my bills to be paid. I'm not paying for, praying for a new job. I'm praying for my prayers. Uh, you may still look at these passages and think they're throwaway words, but I assure you they're not. They are there for a reason because these people did not possess this entitlement, this sense of certainty that all I've got to do is turn and he's going to be right there. Uh, we'll go on in the 19th Psalm. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in my sight. That is to say that it is not necessarily so. To, to say, let the words of my mouth be acceptable. Look what it says in Psalm 4. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. You see, in their prayers, they're praying, hear my prayers. Praying for my prayers, praying that you'll hear me, praying that somehow or another I've got your attention and I don't deserve your attention and I'm not worthy of your attention, but I need you to hear me here because I'm in distress. See, have we lost a little bit of that? That's why altar calls are a hard sell nowadays because 
Well, we can do that any time. That's not important today. I don't really have anything to pray for. If you don't have anything to pray for, come pray for your prayers. Pray that you can make a connection with him and that you don't lose that connection. And that was the theme of, of virtually, I mean, certainly many, many, if not the majority of prayers. Hear me when I call God of my righteousness. Now, it's enlarged when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. And then look what it says. Oh, ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? And how long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I called him. He's suggesting here the same thing that the blind man said, or the formerly blind man said in John chapter 9, that God heareth not sinners. He starts off the whole prayer by, God, listen to me. Help me listen. I need you to hear. I need you to hear this, this uncertainty in his voice that I really need you to hear me. And he says, you know what? He set aside the godly for himself, and he will hear them. Now, you're still in doubt of what I'm saying, and rightly so. I'm kicking against a lot of the traditions that we've all heard. He set aside the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe. Quit sinning. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. He's trying to tell, it, trying to, trying to tell you there how you might get in touch with him. You don't just walk down the road and all of a sudden something bad happens. Oh, Lord Jesus! I'm not saying he's not hearing you. I'm saying he's not obligated to that. It'd be real well if you had already established that the night before. You communed with your heart. Using your heart, you commune. Now, and you allow him to set you aside because of godliness, and you, you at least turned away from that sin. You can't live, you can't deliberately live in sin and have Jesus on the short leash. It does not work. You listen to me. You cannot walk out of this place tonight. Go live exactly the way you want to live. Do what you want to do. Ignore what you want to ignore. And then when you need him, you're going to turn and he's going to be right there. See, these people didn't have that certainty. They were like, I need help. I need help and I need you to hear me. You set aside the godly for yourself and I know you're going to hear me. People, you need to stand in awe of him. You need to, be, you need to reverence him. You need to quit sinning. You need to get it all together. Y'all probably think that offer the sacrifices of righteousness. Put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say who will show us any good. The Lord lift, uh, uh, said, Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than the time of corn and, and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. So the, this, this man goes to bed with certainty. He goes to bed with certainty, doesn't he? He says, I'm going to be in peace tonight. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have some joy in my life. But it is not until he has said, God, i got to have you. i got to have you. i got to have you. I'll put away my sin. I'll separate myself. I'll, do the, I'll do, offer the sacrifices of righteousness. 
I'm in the glory land way. You're not in the glory land way because you signed up somewhere. You're in the glory land way because you're in the glory land way. You gotta, there are some connections in your life you have to consider. Let's hurry through this. I've got a lot to read tonight. Psalm 13. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God, lighten mine eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. Some real doubt. Some real doubt. These were written, many of these psalms were written by David. Now, I didn't look at all of them, but I, they may have all been written by David. I was just flipping through and picking out verses. It's incredible how many times, and I'm sure I missed a bunch of them. Hearken, listen, hey, hear me. I'm going to sleep the sleep of death if you don't hear me. Psalm 17, verse 6, I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me. O oh God, incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech. You see, at least half of the prayer is praying for the prayer. You ever been on the phone with somebody and you're talking and you got disconnected? Five minutes later, you're still going, <laughs> and then you feel like an idiot. You ever done that? You know, you're walking along and they ask you something and you'll get, I'll, I'll go on one of my filibusters where I'm just, blah, 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 just spewing wisdom, Brother Chase. Like, and I'm just going. I notice they're not saying it. They must really be enjoying it. They must be taking copious notes. They must really be into what I'm saying. And so I dig in a little deeper and get a little, Hello? You don't have any idea how long they've been gone? Look. All right, then. We'll, we'll uh, move along. Well, you know what? That is exactly what happens a lot of times. Well, you know, we, we'll turn and we'll, we'll, we'll dial the number and we'll start yapping, 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 yapping. Sometimes he's gone and we don't even know it. Sometimes he ain't listening. You say, well, the Lord always hears. We know better than that because we've studied it. We'll, we'll go through it again here in just a second. He doesn't always hear. He doesn't always listen. He doesn't. Hear, O Lord, it says in Psalm 27, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Psalm 28, hear the voice of my supplication when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my uh, hands toward the holy oracle. Listen. Just amazing how much it seems to be the number one prayer request in the Bible. Pray for your prayers. Because if you can't pray and touch God, what do you have exactly? You've got a bunch of tradition and a bunch of wise words from some stuffed shirt preacher that you don't know really anything about. You better make sure you have a connection with the Lord and you better pray for your prayers. You better make sure that there is some open communication between yourself and the Lord. There's a lot of people that say a lot of words, and Jesus talks about those who make long prayers but are not talking to God. Those who use vain repetitions and think they are heard. They think, they say, he said, they think that they are heard. What is he saying? He said they're not being heard. They think they will be heard for their much speaking. Implied in that statement is that they're not being heard. How many times have you gone on a 20-minute rant really talking and there was nobody there? That happens a lot of times. And you ever, you ever felt like, well, brother, really, I prayed and I just felt like the Lord wasn't there. Well, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't. And maybe you should be concerned about that. And I realize that you don't always feel things, but at least entertain the possibility that i got to do some work in my life. 
Open up the communication. I've got to spend some time in meditation. Let the words of my mouth, yes, but the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, not my strength and my redeemer. See what I'm saying? That I've got to spend some time the night before meditating, thinking upon my bed or whatever, wherever I might be. Let's hurry. Hear, O Lord, Psalm 30. Hear, O Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, be my helper. Psalm 39, hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to me. Psalm 54, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my Psalm 55, attend to me, hear me. Psalm 61, hear my cry, O God, attend to my... Uh, just goes on. Believe me, we can stay here all night and read in the Scriptures, seemingly 50% of everyone's prayer in the Scripture is praying for the very prayer they're praying. And here we are today, living in a world where everybody is as close as the dial of the phone. And if, we, if they don't answer the phone, we get fighting mad. Well, heavens, me and you, we remember a day where you... And it rang, and it rang, and there was no answering machine, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang. And you'd fall asleep and wake up and wonder how long it had been ringing. And, and you would say, well, Brother Evans ain't home. I'll call back later. Now, oh, well, he didn't, he's not answering his phone. I'm going to text him. <laughs> text him again. Not answering your phone, huh? They say, you know, somebody's fighting mad because somebody didn't pick up the phone. We're in that world where everybody has to be right there, and we think that bleeds over into our relationship with the Lord, but it doesn't. This thing's not working. Yeah, there it is. It doesn't work that way. He's not obligated to ever pick up the phone. It is by his mercies. It is by his mercies that it would do us good every once in a while to say, Hello, are you there? Hear my cry. Are you sure? Are you there? Are you listening to me? Am I by myself here? Now, don't dismiss me. There's enough scripture right there, even just in the book of Psalms, where it seems to suggest that people were not altogether sure all the time. Those I read were just very, very, very few of the times in scripture where people prayed for their prayers. They prayed for their prayers more than they prayed for their kids. They prayed for their, because what good does it do to pray for your kids if you're not praying for your prayers? What's it good to do to pray for your finances if God's not hearing the prayer? If you hadn't connected with him, you, you can't just walk in cold turkey and make that connection with God. It is a, I often wondered in the epistles, y'all just stay with me while I neander for a second. In the epistles, Paul would write to one church, always, praying for you always. And he'd write to the next church without ceasing, making prayer for you always. Like, wait a minute, you're lying to one or the other. And he said, pray without ceasing. I'm like, wait a minute. Now, how are you going to write all these letters if you're praying all the time? One psalm, it'll say, early will I seek thee. And the next, he said, in the watch of the night, I will seek. So, what is it? Is he lying to one church or the other? No, because it's not all about 
just turning on the prayer faucet. It is about constantly keeping clean the conduit of communication between you and the Almighty God. You do that in the way, in your meditations and in your thoughts and in the way you live. You cannot live a double life and have a clear communication with the Almighty. This thing is going to... You got to have a, that's a myth, folks. And by the way, I'm going to, before it's over, we're already going to talk about prayer myths. Most of the things that we believe about prayer, somebody made up, preached preached them real good, and now we believe them all. It's amazing to me that I understand how someone could read the Bible and get the wrong idea. I've done it. What is hard to imagine is when you read the Bible, And you get the exact wrong idea. He says it's hot and and you go through life believing it's cold. He says it's up and you go through your life believing it's down. And with many of the things which is the conventional wisdom of Christianity are not only incorrect, but they're exactly opposed to what is correct. And there's many of the true, or or the Conventional wisdom of prayer that is not only untrue, but it is the exact opposite of true. We'll get into some of those things, but maybe this is a myth of prayer. Maybe the myth of prayer is that God's just waiting there, waiting for you to stop and turn, and he's going to jump on that horse and do exactly what you need. There is no evidence for that. You have to keep that communication clear so it seems like the number one prayer is for your prayers because prayers don't mean anything if they're not heard it wouldn't hurt to think about that every once in a while he doesn't always listen in fact we talk a lot about the the prayer of solomon we talked about it a lot and we talked about it recently the prayer of solomon at the temple dedication when he prayed that what if prayer he went on and on what if uh you know, people disobeyed, and you sent famine in the land, and they turned, and they, and because of the famine, they turned, and they prayed towards this temple. Would you hear them? Would you listen? Would you hear from heaven? And what, what, what if, what if uh, they did something awful, and then you sent mildew, or you sent sword, or war, and, and then they turned back to you? Would you, would you hear them? I think it was more than just being poetic. I think it was asking a genuine question. I don't think they had the idea that God is just always on the short leash. The, re- the reality is that if you do go astray, there's no guarantee. There's, there's no, there, you don't have a right to go back. You better, am I right about this? You don't have a right to go back. If you go, if you are, if you ever approach God in your life, if you ever approach God in your life, it is His mercies. I'm not here trying to be negative to you, but I think a lot of times we have the entire wrong idea that we're in charge here. We tell Him what we need, and we tell Him what He needs to do, and He jumps on it. We ain't in charge. If you're going to have the Lord on your side, you better play by His rules. Does that make sense to anybody? Oh, but he he loves us so much, he'll be our slave. He loves us so much, he wouldn't deny us anything. He has set aside the godly for himself. It's important that we 
give our very best and offer him the sacrifices of righteousness. So there's Solomon asked over and over again, what if this happens? What if that happens? Would you hear? And, and, okay, you, what, what if this happened? Would you hear? And what if they did that? Would that be so bad that you wouldn't hear? And then God finally answered. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and forsake their wicked ways, then it ain't going to come. They're not just going to turn and say, oh, what if the famine's awful? Give us some, how about a little hand here, Lord? He said, no, they're going to have to turn from their sins. They're going to have to repent. Then, there's going to have to be some preparation. Is that all right? Well, Psalm 18, verse 41, they cried. They cried, but there was none to save them. Even to the Lord they cried, but... He didn't answer. You know, we, I, we can give you the history behind all these, what the context is, but for the moment it's not important. The Lord said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 7, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel has sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant, which I commend them. Joshua has fallen on his face before the Lord because they've just been whipped by a little podunk town. Called AI, and so Joshua was going, Oh, I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. And the Lord says, Get up. Don't talk to me about this. There's sin. They went and they sniffed out Achan and took care of that issue. And well, wow, he's, he's hearing us again. But he told them, and no one, are all these scriptures coming up? Because if you don't see them, you won't believe them. He said they cried unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Deuteronomy 3. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes, Moses says, and would not hear me. The Lord said to me, shut up. That's what let it suffice thee means. I mean, hush. Don't talk to me about this matter anymore. There are prayers that the Lord don't hear and he's not interested in hearing. Now, I don't know about you. You may feel, feel all secure in your Calvinistic cocoon. You have, the, you have the recipe right here in the old front pocket that you, you've got instant access anytime you want it from any position when the preponderance and abundance of evidence in the Bible tells you the exact opposite. If you will humble yourself, repent, Turn away from your wicked ways. Seek his face. Then we'll talk. I just don't feel like the Lord's hearing. Let's at least consider that he's not. Perhaps he isn't. Maybe doing like he said there to Moses. He said, I don't even want you talking to me about it anymore. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak to the children of Israel. What are you praying to me about? I'm that. Go talk to them. It's their problem. Deuteronomy 23, the Lord thy God would not hearken to Balaam. But the Lord thy God turned the curse, the blessing. So the Lord wouldn't listen to the incantations of Balaam. 
So there's a lot of precedent. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, Lord said, okay, let's skip to verse 45. And he returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice nor give ear to you. Malachi chapter 2, you have wearied the Lord with your word. Yet you say, where have we wearied him? Everyone that doeth evil in the sight of the Lord, and he that delighteth what, no, 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 no. Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and, delight, and he delighteth in them. Now listen to that. God says, listen to me. Now I'm telling you the truth right now. You, it could be that you've never been told the truth before. Here's a secret. You've got to be good. You have to be honest. Well, none is good. No one, there's none, no, no, not one. I get that. I get that. There has to be a turning away from sin. You wearied me with your words. Please shut up. And when you wore the Lord out, you've done something. That's that's a pretty good achievement. He's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. So you wearied me with your words. Well, wherein have we wearied you? What have we done that, is, that has annoyed you so badly? And look at look at what he says. This is what you do when you say. Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and that he delights in them. That's what bothers me. You say, I can do what I want to do, and he's still happy about it. He's still Johnny on the spot. He said, you're down there just praying, 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 praying. He said, please stop. You're wearing me out. How are you wearing me out when you say that everyone that is evil is good? that you can live this way, that you can do the things you're doing. You read the book of Malachi, all the things that he addresses in the book of Malachi. Everything from the way they treated their wives, the way they operated their finances, the way they did everything. He was down on them. He said, you got to do better than that. To say that you can be evil and I'm going to take you as good? No, sir. Just because you need me doesn't mean you're getting me? <laughs> Is this too hard? Or looking at me like you don't, you're not with it. It is the truth. You weird me with your words. Boy, that's powerful. Yet you say, where are we weird him? When you say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and that the Lord delights in them. Where's the God of judgment? Where is the God of judgment? Peter talks about the way you treat your wife. That's really what Malachi was talking about there too. He says you to treat her right in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Well, it's time to pray. Let's go pray. There are some prerequisites to prayer. And first of all, prayer is not what everybody thinks it is. I'm thankful for the Reformation. I'm thankful for the Great Awakening. Uh, I'm thankful for... All the things that we've learned, but there's a lot of our customs and a lot of our beliefs that are still holdovers from the Roman church. When I say the Roman church, I'm talking about Catholicism. And prayer is not what everybody thinks it is. It's just there's no evidence of it in Scripture. There's no evidence of the, the concept of prayer that we often associate. It just isn't in there. And in fact, in fact just, just the opposite is in there. 
Just the opposite. And we've talked many times. Don't pray by the clock. Don't pray by the clock. Don't pray by the clock. Don't say, I'm praying an hour. Okay. And this whole hour of prayer. There's no such thing. And I know in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus prayed, asked him to pray for one hour. But they were about to murder him. And I know that he used repetition because he said he prayed this three times. Lord, let this cup, Father, let this cup pass from me. But they weren't vain repetitions. <laughs> they were rep- he was being repetitious. It's okay to repeat, just don't make it vain. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, my goodness. I got 45 minutes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, you're not being heard. They think that they will be heard for their much speaking. Prayer is what you do the night before as you lay upon your bed and your heart communes. Prayer is as you turn from your sin and when you're praying for your prayers. When you're communing, when there are some prerequisites to entering into communion with God. It's more than just using your the joints in the middle of your legs. Okay. Some prerequisites to prayer, Matthew 6, we've made reference to it. Don't be a hypocrite. Verse 5, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. So before you even start thinking about prayer, and of course, he goes down to verse, he tells him, don't, don't uh, pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that you may be seen of men. Verily I seen that they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and everybody's hung up on the closet, and we've talked about that. Everybody's hung, on, uh, hung up on the closet. Well, you've got to go to the closet. Well, that's, as I've said before, that's about the only place in all the Scripture where you never have any prayers recorded. They prayed on the seashore, and they prayed on the rooftop, and they prayed in the synagogues, and they prayed everywhere. It's not about the closet. It's about the hypocrite. Okay, it's not about geography. It's about what's in here. He says, so you make sure this, there's no hypocrisy, that there's no ulterior motives. Your prayers, and he says, Don't use vain repetition as the heathen do. So, you don't be a heathen, don't be a hypocrite. If you do that, be all right. So, they think they'll be heard for their much speaking. I've been to prayer meetings and prayer meetings and prayer meetings, and honest and good hearted people and well intentioned people because of what they have been taught. Well, we're going to pray from 7 till 8 30. Oh. We've been, I didn't mean to get off on all this. This is stuff we've talked about before. And I know, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to offend anyone. But that ain't prayer. Filling time, thinking, you know, but if we, if we only go 20 minutes, he's not going to hear that. We'll only be heard for our much speaking. So we're reduced to hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, 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 Lord. Okay, that's a vain repetition. That is what we call a chant. It's the chanting. It's what the heathens do. Read what it says over there. For the space, I believe, it was nine hours. They cried, "Great is Goddess Diana of the Ephesians." Great is Goddess Diana. Two hours. They they cried, "Great is Diana of the Ephesians." And for nine hours, I believe that the prophets of Baal chanted, cut themselves. We have associated. Maybe it's because prayer is mentioned with fasting. We think they're the same thing. Fasting is another word for starving. And it's a good thing. It humbles us. And it may be a good prerequisite to prayer. It may be something that would help us condition ourselves, get down off our high horse. But 
I think this is a holdover principle from the Roman church where, you know, if you go in and say, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned, you know, I, I stole a Snickers bar from the snack and grab. All right, my son, 50 Hail Marys and 20 Our Fathers, and you're off the hook. Hail Mary, full of grace. Hail Mary, full of grace. And how's it go, somebody? Blessed art thou among women. Blessed art the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Remember us now in the time of our, in our death, or whatever. And you say that 50 times, you're off the hook for the Snickers bar. That is a rape repetition, a vain repetition, and it is what? It's punishment for stealing the Snickers bar. What would my dad think if I thought, oh, I did something bad, now i got to go talk to my dad. If I viewed my relationship with you as punishment, I never talked to you unless I'd done something bad, and that was my... And so we automatically we think if we're not suffering, we ain't praying. And if we're not miserable like we are when we're fasting, since when is talking to our Father, I'm getting off this because we've covered this before, since when is talking to our Father who we claim is our friend become such a drearysome task that we have to say, okay, we've got to put in an hour here. I talked to my dad this morning, maybe four or five minutes, and it was, it was wonderful. He was laughing, hee-hawing when we hung up, and I was smiling, and everything was great. If I said, wait, 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 Dad, we still, have an, we still have an hour and 20 minutes to go. So how you doing, Dad? How you feeling today, Dad? It's good to talk to you, Dad. Love you, Dad. Hey, we... Uh, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. I got started it, so I got to finish it. Elijah's prayer that Elijah's prayer that brought fire from heaven was 63 words. The Lord's prayer that he said as the model prayer for all prayers were 66 words. Or vice versa, 163 and 166. Whatever. It must be effectual and it must be fervent. And we must have some prerequisites to it. It must be of a conditioned heart. The effectual and the fervent prayer of the righteous man. The righteous man. There are some prerequisites to prayer. It's not repetition. It's not filling the time. It's not uh, praying by the clock, but it's being open and having the sacrifices of righteousness in your life. Now, oh, now I'm going to get on some really creepy stuff here. Paul writes to Timothy. Boy, you can't preach this stuff in. 21st century. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. What's the what's the inverse of all that? I ain't making this stuff up. This is all God's idea. If you're gonna deal with me, if you're gonna talk to me, if I'm gonna be Johnny on the spot for you, you're gonna be Johnny on the spot for me. Guys, you lift up your holy hands without anger and skepticism. What is men's problem? You can ask my wife what my problems are. She'll be happy to tell you. Anger and skepticism. 
I'm easily angered, brother. You better watch me. It's just, I think it's a male thing. It's a, it's a man thing that we get ticked off. And we're skeptics. We're made that way because we're, made, we're built for war. We are. We're built for war. And in war, you got to watch your flanks. And women are built to make soldiers for war. And we are those soldiers. And so we have this natural propensity for anger, skepticism. You don't come to the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'll tell you what. What happened to you, Moses? You're supposed to speak to the rock, and you smote the rock, and you're not going. Don't talk to me about it anymore. Don't talk to me about it anymore. Men, when you pray, you take some conditioning, some prerequisites to prayer. You don't just drop everything and start praying. There's got to be some setting down of some anger and some skepticism, things that come very natural to you because they're natural does not make them right. Okay, that's what men do when you pray. And like men are also, in other words, for doing the same thing, women... Adorn yourselves in modest apparel. That word shamefacedness is kind of a strange word that I've never heard of anywhere except in the Bible, so I looked it up a long time ago to find out what it means. It means class. That's the best word. That's not, it's really not about the face. That's, it's talking about you, you, you have modest apparel and you conduct yourself with some class. Okay. Trailer trash can come in and talk to the Lord, but they better do some shaping up. I'm not talking about where you live. I'm not talking about that, but you know what I'm talking about. You can't sit there and watch WWE all day and, and drink beer and come in and talk to the Lord. That don't work. He ain't listening. Women, be modest about yourself. This is the Bible. Not with broided, he's gotten into your hair here. Broided hair, that's when they wove a gold and silver into there. has nothing to do with your hairdo, ladies, so don't sweat it. Just the gold and the pearls and the costly array. Those are some pretty straightforward. Well, it don't matter, brother, basically, it don't matter what you are on the outside, it's what's on the inside. Really? No. It's both. <laughs> it's both. Well, I, when I, I like to go to that church over there where you, you walk in the door with flip-flops and cargo shorts and you sit back and chew gum and drink coffee. You know what Malachi said about that? He said, go do that in the governor's office and see if he'll accept it. He said, I'm a master. Where's my honor? You don't come strolling in here in flip-flops. Well, I don't believe in the suits and ties. Well, I do. I'm not saying you have to wear a suit and tie, but you need to spip you up a little bit because you're going to the king's house. You can't come slobbing in here. 
it's about honoring him. It's not about showing off your clothes and being holier than thou. When, ladies, when you get modest, when you do it upright and conduct yourself with class and dignity, that is an honor to God. You're honoring him. You don't walk in there like you just come off a street corner. You don't do that. Quiet. All right, let's read what it says. Let's go a little further. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Now, that's not really that important until you read in the same passage where it says the head of every man is Christ. We say, well, how short is short? No, I'm supposed, so I'm not supposed to have long hair. Well, how short is short? Well, again, folks, get me right here. Don't, don't. I'm just reading to you what the Bible says. A man who prays with his head covered dishonored his head, and his head is Christ. So the whole idea is when you come before God to pray, you need to be honoring him. He's not obligated to accept you when you come strolling in and flop down. And There's got to be some protocol here. You don't walk in the governor's office. You don't walk in the president's. You don't walk in the seat. You don't walk in your boss's office without knocking on the door and saying, can I have a minute of your time? Is that right? Maybe your boss is your cousin and you do go... But chances are, when you walk into your boss's office, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, can I talk to you a minute? But when we walk into the King of Kings, well, here we are. And why? Because we've been sold this entitlement to baloney. We ought to spiff it up a little bit. We ought to stand up a little straighter. We ought to care a little bit more about how we approach him. And make sure that we are not dishonoring our head, which is Christ. Why does he care about my hair? I don't know. But to him, it's a dishonor. Was there how short is short? Okay, here you go. This is kind of the way they did it back in the old days. If it was long enough, to use against you as a weapon. If you were in war, you know, if you got that soldier out there, I know in the movies it's great to have that long flowing hair and you're standing out there with no, sir, somebody can walk behind you and go whap. If it's long enough to use, be used as a weapon against you, then you got to get rid of it. You ever wonder why you go join the military, you get a haircut like that? It's not because they want you looking spiffy. It's because they want nobody grabbing you by the hair of the head and throwing you down. So that was the standard. That was the standard. You dishonor your head otherwise. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head. That's not as serious. Because it says that the man, I'm sorry ladies, I didn't write this, I'm not responsible for this, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. Head of every woman is the man. The head of every man is Christ. There's a chain of connection. But when you pray, you honor. That's just what it takes to be 
really where he wants you to be when you pray. Let's pray for our prayers. Let's re-examine before we bother him with another prayer. Before we pester him with another laundry list of honeydews. Let's check on ourselves. Say, Lord, before I pray this, I want to spend some time reacquainting myself with you. With respect and with awe. And with devotion. And yes, the H word. Holiness and righteousness. These are, these are sh- silly old words in the 21st century that if I said them in any other church, they'd be getting up right now grabbing their bags and their stuff and heading for the doors because nobody wants to hear this. But our God still has some requirements. Well, am I going to go? Are you, by the way, you're saying I'm going to go to hell if I if if my hair is this long or this short? I ain't said nothing of that. I'm talking about praying for your prayers. Praying for your prayers. Considering that the number one thing talked about that I could notice and ever prayed for in the Bible was prayer itself. They prayed for their prayers. Undoubtedly, sometime this week before, now, now listen, before I let you go, don't leave here and say, well, you know, I can't pray because I'm not worthy. No, you're never going to be worthy. But he asked you for a little honor, a little attention. That's what he asked you for, a little effort. He says, I'm a father. Where's my honor? I am a master. You've got to treat me that way. And that's what he's asking you for. And I think that's been lost in modern Christianity. I really do. We don't have the reverence. We're not going to change our life in the slightest. But God's obligated to be there for us. Are you sure about that? Stand with me right now. Let's lift up our hands right now. God, we're preparing a way. Right now, Lord, we're not praying. We're we're praying for our prayers. We're praying for our prayers right now. Father, I need you. Amen. I never want to take for granted that I can just come to him any old way. I want to make sure that I am always being deliberate about the way that I approach the Savior. And I know that you feel the same way. Thank you for being with us again. Um, If you made it to the end, I appreciate you so much. Um, And until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. See you later.